This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. to be careful. Let us fear. And and it's important because Paul tells the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12, he says, therefore let him who thinks he stand, take heed lest he falls. And again, this is the apostle Paul. And even Paul, when he writes in his epistles, his letters, you find he includes himself. Everyone includes it. No one is, we all can fall. No human being is exempt from temptation to sin. All of us have experienced the disappointment of finding out that one of our spiritual heroes has fallen into sin and sullied their reputation. All of us have fallen ourselves. The higher up you are on the ladder and the greater your responsibilities, the farther and harder that fall is. Today, Pastor Eddie will remind us not to place our trust in men and to extend grace when they stumble. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 as he begins his message, Promised Rest for God's People. Hebrews chapter 4, we're going to read from verses 1 through 13. Hebrews chapter 4. The writer of Hebrew writes this, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he has said, So I swore in my wrath, they should not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has spoken in a certain place on the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again in this place, they shall not enter my rest. Since therefore it remains that some must enter it, and those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience, Again, he designated a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works. As God did from his. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone falls according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow. And is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. For all things are naked and open to the eyes of him whom we must give account. There are five warnings in the book of Hebrews. Five. Chapter two, we saw the first warning, drifting away. The warning of drifting away. 
In our last study, we saw the second warning. Chapter 3, verses 7 and 19, where the writer of the book of Hebrew gives us the second warning, the warning of against unbelief. Unbelief. And we can see the transition between the first two warnings. Drifting away, unbelief. Drifting away, unbelief. Drifting away. How does that happen? Well, it happens by drifting away time from the Lord. Drifting away from prayer. Drifting away from reading the word of God. Drifting away from devotion. Drifting away from the gathering of saints, church. And little by little, we drift away from those things from God. It'll lead to unbelief. Our hearts will be hardened. So we can see the transition between the two warnings. In our last study, we looked at verses 7 through 11 of chapter 3, where the writer of Hebrew gives us the, uh, the record account when the children of Israel hardened their hearts. And he's referring back to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, 14. It was a time after the Lord had delivered them from the bondage of Egypt, 400 years of, of you know, being in bondage. And um, after the Lord delivered them from the bondage of Egypt, they witnessed how God worked and, and delivered them from the bondage. They saw the, the, the place that God had when he judged Pharaoh and all of Egypt, the 10 plagues that were against Egypt. They, so they witnessed the, the sea departed as they walked through from being slaves of Egypt, free on the other side. They witnessed God deliver them to the very border of the promised land, and he led the children of Israel with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. However, when they made it to the border of the promised land, they sent out 12 spies. And so when they went out to spy out the land, they came back. Two were ready to take over the land, but 10 had given a negative report. And their negative report uh, kind of filtered in through the congregation. We're looking at the crowd, the multitude of two and a half million people. 10 people poisoned the minds and brought disbelief to two and a half million people. They just made it to the border, but they did not believe, and because so, the Lord judged that generation. They wandered in the wilderness, and to that generation had died off. It says in verses 10 and 11 of chapter 3, therefore, he's quoting Psalms 95, therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their hearts, and they have not known my ways, despite of the miracles. They did not know God's ways. Verse 11, so I swore my wrath that they shall not enter my rest. Then at the end of chapter 3, verses 18 and 19, the writer of Hebrew writes this, and to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but those who did not obey. They did not obey. Verse 19, so we see that they could not enter, that is the promised land, God's rest, because of unbelief. They did not enter into the rest of God because of unbelief. And the children of Israel, disobedience serves as a warning for all of us. It served as a warning to the first readers of the book of Hebrews. It serves as a warning for us today. We cannot enter because of unbelief. We cannot enter into God's rest because of unbelief. Now that brings us to chapter 4. Where in verses 1 through 13 of chapter 4, the writer continues to explain the meaning of this rest. 
This rest continues. So we'll see this theme that kind of made its way from his warning in chapter 3 into chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And he's going to explain uh, that the rest of God is still accessible, is still available for God's people today, and that is through Jesus Christ. And so the rest that we saw in verses 7 through 19 of chapter 3, that rest was informational. It gave us the information, the historical account, and how God dealt with those who don't believe. So that was informational. Now in chapter 4, verses 1 through 13, this is going to be applicational. So we're going to see that uh, we can apply this to our lives today, this rest that God still has for Jews and Gentiles alike, his rest. Now before we begin, we just want to notice one thing, uh, and that's the word rest or rested. It is mentioned 63 times in the New Testament. It is mentioned 11 times in the book of Hebrews. And of those 11 times of the book of Hebrews, the word rest is mentioned nine times in verses 1 through 13. So for those of you who are taking notes, uh, we have divided the study in verses 1 through 10. In verses 1 through 10, we're going to see God's promised rest. God's promised rest, that's in verses 1 through 10. And in verses 11 through 13, the urgency of that rest, he's going to give us some exhortation. It's important. That's why we see the word today, today. And so it's important. So we read the text. Let us now study it verse by verse. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. The writer writes this. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, therefore, the promise of God still remains. This rest was not not only for the children of Israel, it's also applied for us today, and that is through Jesus Christ. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us, let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Let us fear, lest any of you seem to have come short of it. Now, I kind of took a break from, you know, it was part of the study, but somehow I, I love the fact that the writer of Hebrew includes himself. Let us. He includes himself. And, and, and as I look at the plural pronouns, there are about seven. Not seven. There's seven pronouns that he, uh, plural pronouns that he includes himself. There five times he said us. In verses 1 through 13, and two times he says we. And I, that really blesses me because it just shows that anyone, you know, we all have feet of clay. We all can fail. We all can fall. We've seen it in our lifetime. How many great men of God started out well, have a great ministry, and has fallen. I remember growing up, I used to love to listen to Billy Graham. I used to listen to Jimmy Swaggart. And I was a teenager when he fell. That scandal with him, it shook my world as a young kid. So how could a man, a, a godly man who preaches the word of God fall? Well, he's just like everyone else. And it's important. So I, I love the fact that the writer includes himself. You know, at that time I was young, I didn't realize I was really angry and I was angry at him and said, oh, he's a hypocrite, fake. And, you know, uh, I, I look back. I was young. I was immature, you know, in age. And spiritually, uh, I would have never, I wouldn't, won't do that now for those who have fallen because we all have fear clay. We all can fall, any single one of us. Thus the warning. It's the reason why the Bible is filled with warnings. And many people get complacent, they get comfortable and think that they can live their life as long as they got this little ID card that says, I'm a Christian. Oh, yeah, I have them off every year. I have 2022. I'm a Christian. And it's sad 
warnings are not being taken seriously. The Bible doesn't make empty threats. The word of God is serious. But when it, there's a warning, take heed. There is a warning. We must obey it. But I love the fact he includes himself, which bless me. We're going to see this throughout you know, our study this morning. And we need to be careful, every single one of us. I include myself. And that goes across every believer in Jesus Christ, regardless of church they go to, denomination, um, regardless of their position, how many years they've been in the word, how many years they've been in ministry. They need to be careful. I was talking to a young man yesterday, and we were talking about the people that, you know, kind of we grew up with and the people that have fallen. And he brought up Ravi Zacharias. And that was a big blow. We're talking about a man that went into universities, that answered, answered the most toughest questions. A man that had a schedule that it took, in order to have him speak at your church or any event, it was a four-year waiting list. And you were a pastor in California said, we're going to have him. And that was a while back, and he said, it's, it's four years. And, and, he, and we see what happened. We need to be careful. Let us fear. And it's important because Paul tells the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, he says, therefore, let him who thinks he stand, take heed, lest he falls. And again, this is the apostle Paul. And even Paul, when he writes in his epistles, his letters, you find he includes himself. Everyone includes it. No one is, we all can fall. That's why we need to pray and encourage one another. We need to stay the course. Here, the writer at the end of verse 1 says, let us fear. Now, the fear here is not a fear of condemnation, a fear of, of the world, a fear of man. Um, condemna- condemnation comes from, from the enemy himself. The Bible says there is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we're in Christ. There's no condemnation. There's conviction. And I always say pray for that. It's important because the Holy Spirit brings conviction. That's how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. Say, you know what? You're doing this wrong because <laughs> the word says so. You, you sinned against God. Let's do it better. He's not going to condemn you. He's going to convict you. And that's what we want as believers. We want to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. As soon as we accept Christ as Lord, a personal Savior, enters in our heart, the Holy Spirit is there convicting us. Hey, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is against God. And so we need to fear. But it's not the fear of the world again. It's not the fear of man. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 tells us. The fear here is speaking of the fear of reverence, respect, honor, fear that we can drift away, we can harden our hearts in dis- disbelief. That doesn't happen, then it wouldn't be in the scripture. It's there as a warning for all of us. The fear here is that we can fail and miss out because it's not enough to make it to the border of the promised land. You have to go in. And the only way you go in is through Christ. The only way to go into this rest is through Jesus Christ. And so the children of Israel, they were there. They were almost at the border because of unbelief. They fell short. Verse 2, he said, for indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. The gospel was preached to us. He's speaking of himself, early church, early Christians. And he said, as well as to them, pointing to the Jews. Now, you may say, wait a minute, what the gospel, usually we, go, we associate the gospel with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is true, because that is the good news. But they had the news. They had a good news then. The words, the four words that we have that you see here in verse 2, where it says, the gospel was preached, is a, in translation, is a single Greek word, which means the good news was announced. Single word. And so the good news was preached of, of eternal life, 
of rest. As, as with us, we, we, the good news has been preached through Jesus Christ. We have rest in Christ. That's the good news. There is no way to heaven, not by good works, not by praying to a statue, not by religion, not by rules and rituals, not by works, not by being good, because no one is good. The only way to enter in the kingdom of heaven is through Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man, no man goes to the Father in heaven except through me. And so the good news was preached to the children of Israel as it is preached for us today. He goes on to say at the end of the second half of verse 2, he says, but the word which they heard, that's the word, the good news, did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who've heard it. You see, the children of Israel heard about the news about this promised land, but it didn't profit them. Why? Because they did not incorporate what they've heard with faith. You can hear the message of God. You can hear the good news. How often for two, almost 2,000 years, the world has been hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ and people are not taking it seriously. They're not receiving what they heard in faith. The same with the children of Israel. They did not receive it in faith. And so the good news, whether the good news uh, that the children of Israel heard back in, back in, in, in the Old Testament and the good news that we hear today about Jesus Christ is of no benefit. It's of no profit to anyone, even if you have some kind of spiritual experience, would mean nothing if you do not take what you've heard, believe it in faith. It's just not knowing that this is a gospel. It's just not knowing that there is a Christ, a Savior. It's not just knowing that there's a God, but it's putting your faith in him. And that's what he's saying here. They've heard the word. How often we hear things that we don't apply it to our lives. It is faith. They did not have faith. All they, they, they witnessed all the miracles. They saw God do incredible things. They heard the message. They heard the prophecies about the Messiah would come. But they did not have faith. And listen, don't anything you read in the word of God. Genesis to Revelation, anything you read, do not take it lightly. Take it, take it and apply it in faith. Apply it to your life. The warnings, take it serious. About salvation, take it serious. The things that offend God and, and sin against, take it serious. We are to take it serious because it's the word of God. Later on, the writer of Hebrews is going to write this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Later, Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how we get saved. We heard the message. We have faith to it and we respond to it. The gospel message of Jesus Christ, again, has been has been preached for thousands of years and still, many are rejecting the truth, the only way to salvation. We need to continue to share the, the truth about Christ. And that is what's going to lead us to arrest. And that's the theme. It's talking about arrest here. Now, there is a contrast between those who believe, in the next verse we're going to see, and those who do not believe. Those who believe and those who do not believe. There's no between ground. The world loves to be in the between ground. They think they are, but they're not. I read an article many years ago that songwriters that write songs about I'm seeking, I'm searching, uh, sells more albums than those that found it. 
Because it's, okay, I'm seeking, I'm searching. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you're right with God. You could be searching all you want, but you need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. There's no between ground. There are those who believe and those who do not. And so he writes in verse 3, For we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, and here's the contrast, he's still quoting Psalm 95, So I swore in my wrath, they, that's those who do not believe, shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The work was finished from the foundation of the world. This rest was completed from the foundation of the world. When, when the Lord created heaven and earth. He's going back to that time. Let's look at verse 4 and 5. He says, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. He's going to now quote Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. That's why you probably see in italics in your Bible. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, he says, And God rested on the seventh day for all his work, from all his work. Verse 5, And again in this place, he's quoting again Psalms 95, verse 11, They shall not enter my rest. This rest has been God's plans from the, from the very beginning. From the very beginning, the rest that we are in right now, you and I, because of Christ. You know, when before God created heaven and earth, you know, he didn't... He wasn't surprised when he created man, they sinned. He said, oh, Yvay, I should have known this. God knew it from the very beginning. Before he spoke the word, he said, let there be light or light be. God knew this from the very beginning. God knew that man would fall. God knew that he would, he would sin against God. God knew there would be murder. But God also knew that he was going to make a way where there wasn't a way through his son, Jesus Christ. He knew this. But in six days, God created heaven and earth. And on the seventh day, God rested. Now, please don't picture God like really exhausted, sweating, and say, but that was a lot of work. Those trees, unbelievable. You know what it is to put stars up in the sky? Don't don't picture God like that. That's not what rest means. The word rest in the Hebrew is Shabbat, to stop. Shabbat, it means to cease. It means to stop. So God, Shabbat, ceased. He stopped from doing what he was doing. And that was creation. That doesn't mean God stopped completely. He didn't stop being God. He didn't stop working. God is working today, is he not? He's working in your life. I think that's more work than creation. <laughs> My life, oof. Boy, six days was easy. Eddie, you were... <laughs> He's always working. I'm grateful for that. Interestingly, when you read the creation account, you read, you know, at the very end, when God finished day one, you read in Genesis, the first two chapters of Genesis, when he finished day one, it, it, it would end this way. So evening and morning were the first day. The second day, so evening and morning was the second day. The third day, so evening and morning was the third day. So evening and morning was the fourth day. So evening and morning was the fifth day. So evening and morning was the sixth day. Sixth day. And on the seventh day, God rest. It doesn't say evening and morning on the seventh day. Thanks for listening to Running the Race Radio with Pastor Eddie. Pastor Eddie is leading us through a study of Hebrews. The series is called Jesus is Better. And you might be getting a clearer picture of the supremacy of Christ. Jesus represented everything in the Old Testament and fulfilled it so wonderfully. Maybe as you're listening today, you're just now realizing all the different ways that Jesus proved to be the Messiah. 
to be the one that had been promised and prophesied about. Through these scriptures, you're coming to a better understanding of the love, the grace, the sacrifice that Jesus was willing to be for you. It's humbling, isn't it? May these teachings continue to bring you closer to the Lord as you see His heart for you. Running the Race Radio is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, look us up right now. Head on over to runningtheraceradio.com. Once more, that's runningtheraceradio.com. When you get there, click back to the homepage for more information about the church, including directions and service times. We'd love to invite you to come and join us on Sunday mornings. And for those of you who live further away, we're delighted to let you know that on the same website, you can find many other messages from Pastor Eddie. That's at runningtheraceradio.com. Well, thanks for joining us today. We've come to the end of our time together. We will be back again next time, right here on Running the Race. See you then.